Welcome back to The Rack Show. I am one of your hosts, Frank Horvath. Joined with me in studio is Tim Kelly. Tim, how are you doing today, sir? Wonderful, man. Wonderful. Well, we have uh, quite a bit to talk about today. Uh, force on force, that is going to be our topic for the day. We're going to be diving in a little bit on what force on force training is, uh, why it's important, why uh, you know I personally feel like it is an invaluable tool. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of see how the conversation goes from there. Um, so before we get into that, Tim, how are you doing? How has your week been? It's been a minute since we've uh, seen each other. How was, uh, I think we did a training event here recently. How'd that all go? Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's been hectic. We've been we've been all over the place. So we went up to Virginia and taught a class, um, and Culpepper we taught an advancing everyday carry class, two days worth of content. Had some fantastic students in the class, um, a lot of hard workers. Wouldn't you know it? Friday night, I hit the rack and uh, wake up about one o'clock in the morning. And I felt like a train hit me. No, oh, no. So I come down with uh, a pretty bad cold. And uh, luckily, I had Dan there, who's, you know, uh, any, anytime we ever teach classes, one of, you know, one of the things that we try to make sure that we do is that we have an AI that can, essentially, they co-teach with you. Right. And um, they're capable of teaching the entire class themselves, so that if, something like that does happen then we're good so he was able to fill in for me uh quite a bit that uh last weekend and that helped out a lot took a nap on monday and uh kind of took the day off on monday and tuesday and uh first uh first in a duck season hit this this week so i tried to tried to get out of bed and, and go so i went Came back this morning. That's why I'm not all dressed <laughs> up like I normally am. Um, had a successful hunt. It was a good, uh, really, really good time. Solo hunts are some of the more uh, relaxing more ones. Fun, yeah, because yeah, more memorable ones. There's always something that that occurs. Like right. I almost hit a deer with my golf cart. And right. Had a beaver walk right up next to me. Like it was. It, was it sounds like the normal stories that you hear, like fishermen. I caught the biggest fish, <laughs> and you were by yourself. Like, yeah, okay, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. Hey, uh, so uh, yeah, my 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 week this past week is um, yeah, business as usual. A lot of running around, a lot of work, a lot of fun stuff. But um, the uh, kind of helping out with the engineering here at station, we uh, had a couple of big events that happened. Um, uh, Town hall was this past week, so got to go off site and do some fun stuff. So that all worked out well, and we got uh, we got some fun stuff that's uh, you know in the pipeline. So. Getting back to force-on-force training. So for our listening audience, Tim, what is force-on-force training and how is it beneficial? So force-on-force training is uh, a, a lot it's, – it's like scenario-based content or contextual content uh, for the student to learn um, – Essentially, when when most people think of their gun class, you know they show up to a a gun class to learn how to shoot. So they're shooting live rounds into paper targets, cardboard targets, or steel targets, something along those lines. Um, they've got a a line of students with a an instructor or a coach behind them who's guiding the whole process. Uh, with force on force training, it if it's done properly, it's a sanitized area. So there's no live ammunition, nothing that can 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 hurt you as far as, you know, like deadly force or whatever. There's no sharp objects. There's no live agent pepper sprays. There's no nothing. You get 
everything sanitized, the entire area sanitized, and you use stuff like airsoft guns or mm-hmm. you use uh, UTMs. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little while, uh, or some munition type thing. And think of it kind of more like role-playing and um, where you either have uh, a scenario where it's you have um, a a bad guy inserted or you just have, you know, nobody's good, nobody's bad, but you're, you're, you're learning how to make hits uh, and learn how to manipulate cover and concealment or something along yeah. those lines. You're working on a particular skill. Right. right. And you're doing that with another live individual who's also trying to do the same thing. Yeah. So what that offers you is um, a, a little bit more of that adrenaline rush. Yeah. Um, you get a general, you get a better understanding of what it looks like when you have an opponent. Yep. Right. So um, it can very quickly turn into an airsoft match if you're not careful or a paintball yeah, a game, match. Right. Yeah, it can. It can. So it has to be done really, it has to be done by someone who is, um, who can orchestrate it in in a professional way and where it just doesn't turn into, you know, something that really doesn't provide you the value that it could. Right. Yeah. The, um, one of the biggest things as far as, you know, the, the, that training, you know, one of the biggest benefits is that stress inoculation, Mm -hmm. right? So you're adding more things on top of, I mean, you may think you have a skill to, you know, conquer to a level of automaticity, but how do you know, unless you're put into a position where you actually are forced to use it, um, with, and it's not the same, right? It's not the same stress, but it's, it's probably one of the closer things that we can get to, you know, being in a scenario, being in a situation where we are forced to use, you know, these skill sets, these tools, whatever it may be, um, you know, and again, having somebody, having another live body, having another person there who's doing the exact same thing back to you. Right. Um, so it, it's a really, you know, phenomenal training aid, um, really kind of helps with, you know, your, your thought process and thinking helps to discover some things. Um, you know, uh, tools aside, it, it really helps get you in the in the right uh, mind space as far as, you know, uh, okay, well, you know, I'm going to act this particular way. I have this, you know, this this game plan going. But in the moment when there's another individual that's actually reaching out and, you know, and I don't want to say we get aggressive with force and force, but sometimes, right? Um, then, uh, you know, if somebody's, you know, you know, uh, has you all wrapped up, then your plan that you had has just radically changed. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I like to say, you know, everyone has a plan until they get hit in the face, right? Yeah. That's it's kind of the same thing. I mean, not it depends on who you're training with and what you're doing and how sure. far you want to push it. But regardless, it's it's kind of the same same plan, same idea. But but no, yeah, the the stress inoculation is is paramount. I mean, it's right. it's so good. Well, like in our in our class this last weekend, um, on the the second day, we generally do something we call interactive uh, the interactive concepts. So right. we discuss decision making. We discuss you know pre decision making, decision making, and post decision making. Right. And you know look, we tell our students like your end goal with with the force on force component of the class, which is rather short. Um, it's it's just one little evolution. It's nothing crazy. Um, is you need to be able to ask yourself, you know, did I meet my mission, right? And in the beginning of that class, they write out what their mission is. Did I meet my mission? Um, you know, were my actions lawful? And can I live with those decisions for the rest of my life? Right. And so oftentimes you see a bunch of different reactions to the same you know, the, the same event is taking place. So, right. you know, they, they get inserted into this micro scenario where they're they're either going to make you know 
uh, they're going to make a choice. And any teeny tiny little variable that changes on the student's behalf completely changes and remaps out the, you know, the outcome uh, of the event. And so where students really benefit the most from that is not just from the in, being inserted into the scenario, but also after they've gone, they sit down and watch other people go through it. Absolutely. So they can have a seat in, in you know, the Monday morning quarterback yep. area yep. And, and go, well, I would have, uh, but yeah. I, I didn't. <laughs> and, and, and it gets that, like that direct immediate feedback, right? So right. you're, you you have another instructor there. You have somebody who's, you know, reputable. And I think we'll talk about it in the next segment, but you have that immediate re- feedback of, um, did the uh, uh, the decision I make work, right? It right. was able to accomplish my mission, but what could I have done better? What can I do better next time? You right. know, so you can really help you know, you know, play through that. And then you also have your peers. You have your peers who can say the exact same thing. Hey, I really like that, but let's do better next time or whatever it may be, right? You sure. kind of get multiple points of view. You're listening to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. Uh, we'll be back in the next segment. We're going to be talking uh, about how to train safely with force on force. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are talking about some force on four stuff. And, uh, you know, Frank and I were wanting to discuss how to train safely with force on force. And I think that's a really, really important element, especially for those that are listening that have never done any type of force on force element where you are uh, you are engaged in some type of um, fighting scenario, right, right uh, with another individual. And stuff like this is 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 very delicate. Like you've you've got to there's a certain there's a certain way you have to orchestrate this. Uh, to make sure that everybody leaves, you know, safe, right, right and right. uninjured, and that type of thing, because you know there are a lot of a lot of instances where people have gotten hurt and even killed or permanently injured yeah. um, because of this type of thing, because it was led incorrectly, and and that's that's really that's it, man. It, you have to make sure that you're getting in with somebody that is competent enough to actually do this. Um, I'm thinking of one specific one uh, instance where uh, an instructor ended up shooting a student in yep. Pennsylvania, and I believe he was paralyzed, yep. like from the neck down. Yep. Um, and what ended up happening was this instructor had left the area, put his gun back on him, his live gun back on him, and he come back. To my best of my understanding, he come back into the scenario, never took his gun off. Right. And then inserted himself into the scenario and then ended up using his gun, I guess thinking that it was an airsoft gun, and he shot a student. Yep. You know, um, I can assure you that there are professionals out there, and you and I both uh, experienced them and seen them, that put serious measures in place to keep that from happening. Right. And uh, those, are the, those are the folks you really want to train with. Uh, another avenue where, where this, this can be um, uh, done incorrectly is in law enforcement. Right. You, you know, how many instances do you remember, especially of the, the blanks and the 38 revolvers, right, that somebody loaded yep. a, a wad cutter into it and um, ended up killing somebody? Yep. Um, 
You know, it's it's really easy to do if, if it's not ran correctly. Yeah, and, you know, the biggest piece of that is, you know, being attentive and speaking up, right? right. So if you you decide, all right, I'm, I'm in that step of my my training journey, um, as a responsible armed citizen, you should be training if you're not. But, uh, all right, I, I feel like I have, you know, at least the fundamental basis of the skills, or I want to, you know, kind of feel this out and see maybe, you know, how would I react during, you know, a force of force encounter or something like that, right? So you, you want to, you know, start to investigate this a little bit. Um, if there's not clear understanding, clear roles of, okay, we're equipment, if there's not clear understanding from, you know, coming down from the instructor who's running class of, all right, everybody defang, everybody, you know, take sharp objects off, everybody take, you know, what, you know, no live firearms, you know, and, and there's a process of verifying that. Right. Um, then you need to stop and you need to say something, you know, there's a, in, especially in this community, in our area, unfortunately, there are, force-on-force uh, force training, and then there are experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's very hard to understand or, and determine what the difference between the experience and the force-on-force force training is. So there are some training companies out there who would say, this is force-on-force force training, and it's nothing more than an experience. And, right. and what I mean by that is, you know, um, as a civilian, do you need to be, uh, you know, getting full full gear, you know, you're talking plates and, you know, all this other tactical stuff and go out and, and, you know, play pretend, right? It's your right. You absolutely can. Yeah. There is some benefit to that. Sure. But um, if it's, if it is not done constructively, if it is not done with purpose, with a particular intent, right, something that you are specifically going for, you are specifically training for, then it's, it's plain pretend, right? It's LARPing. So again, don't, don't get me wrong. Like there's, there's time and place for that. But um, if, if you're just trying to get an introduction on force on force training, you don't need all of that. Right. Um, you, it's really that, again, that, that stress inoculation, you know, you're not going to battle when you go to Walmart. Right. You're going with you and the gear that you have or, you know, and, and the tools that you have uh, that's available to you, your skill sets that are there that are available to you. Right. Um, you know, there, there's just so much there that, that you can work off of. But, but you know, more importantly, like I said, that it, it comes down to that training company. It comes down to that instructor really sanitizing the area, making sure everything's clear, having clear SOPs or standard operating procedures put in place so that, you know, um, yeah, there's, there's no single point of failure. Right. Speaking of that, um, Tim, we've taken some awesome classes from instructors that have done this remarkably well. Right. Um, who are your some rec- who are your recommendations for people aside from Apache? Who are your <laughs> recommendations for some people? Um, some classes uh, that you've taken that uh, really stood out to you? All right, for sure. So um, my first real exposure to force on force was in the Marine Corps, and um, we did that often. Right, often, and we used simunitions. So mm-hmm. they're like these little paintball rounds that go inside your gun and that type of thing. The sanitation process and everything was relatively simple because we have a, a very strict process of how you actually check out ammo and that type mm-hmm. of thing anyway. So the only thing that we had in the training area was simunitions. There were right. no live live rounds ever checked out uh, of, of, uh, of the ammo place. And, 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 and our rifles are, have uh, these these different bolts, right, that will only work with simunition. So even if somebody had a live round in their pocket, it wouldn't wouldn't cycle. We didn't even have all the gear to make the guns live. So that was the sanitation process was pretty much eliminate any way, any possibility that we'd have a live gun in the area. Mm -hmm. Now, well, that being said, there's no real 
pat down process. There was no patting down or anything like that. So my first exposure to, in the civilian world to force on force training was with me and you. We went to uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania to um, to take an armed vehicle defense class with Phil Groff. I believe he now calls that class um, uh, vehicle now. Right. You just shortened it. Keeping right. it simple, right? <laughs> Um, and it goes through the process of fighting around a vehicle. Now, this, you start off on day one using live ammunition. Right. And then day two, somewhere, I think, in the afternoon, depends yeah, on... Yeah, second half of the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, he usually switches to um, UTM rounds, with it, which is, again, that, that little paintball Paint cartridge. Paint marker, right. Right. And you have these uh, specific guns that they work in. So there has to be a sanitation process where you remove... All of those dangerous, uh, those dangerous things away from the students, so they can't hurt themselves or hurt somebody else. And then you you can't just take somebody's word for it. Right. You have to pat them down and make sure everything's good. Yeah, trust but verify. And I'd say that the the coolest thing I liked about the way the way he handled that was he brings everybody into one space, and then there is a a line drawn essentially. And then he pats everybody down, make sure you're good. And then he ties a little um, flag Indicator, around your leg, right? Right. And once you cross that line, anything that you take with you has been inspected. If you have a if you have a bag that you're taking with you, a helmet or anything yep. like that, um, uh, helmets, a face mask, yep. right? If you have any of that stuff with you, it all gets checked. So anybody that crosses that line is all clear. They have been sanitized. If for whatever reason they have to cross back over that line, go use the restroom or something like that, they have to take off their band right. and they have to let him know. So when they come back, he has to pat them down again, mm-hmm. tie on another uh, band and that sort of thing. So that's his way of leaving no single point of failure. There's absolutely no way somebody could just accidentally you know, or even intentionally slip in to that environment that sanitized area with, you know, without being caught. Right. So um, I think that's a that's a really, really good uh, way of doing it. And again, that's Phil Groff of Vigor Training. Uh, one of the other ones that really stands out to me is we don't have a whole lot of time to talk about all of these aw- awesome instructors that are out there is ShivWorks. Craig Douglas. Craig Douglas yep. of ShivWorks. And man, um, that's a whole nother... Uh, that's a whole nother level of force on force. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is, um, an, an ex, it, it is an experience. Um, uh, but it, it is, it's excellent. There's a lot of hands on in that one. Though. Right. Like you can strike, you can throw fists. This is not just about shooting each other. Right. Like it's, it's a, it's a very intimate process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't just get, you don't just show up to class and get inserted into it. Right. right. Like he works you up to, right. you know, up, up to that level. And meet uh, you where, what, where your skill set is. Right? right. So, I mean, that, that's, that's one of the biggest things is, you know, if you're, you know, looking for a class, if you go and experience something, you know, if you have somebody who's just throwing you into it and are like, all right, this is what we're doing today. And you're not ready for that. What are you actually, you know, receiving? What are you actually learning? Right. That's one. No, I absolutely love Craig Douglas, and it's for exactly that. You know, he's able to him and his team, right? Shipworks. Right. Um, they're able to say, all right, well, this is where you're at. This is kind of where your background. I'm going to peg you with somebody who has similar background or similar yeah. interest, or you know, they are going to when you, you know you're rolling around with them, they're going to not you know just go full out 
You know, they're right. going to allow you to learn, right? That's that's one of the, the the better things about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, with with Craig, he has a very similar sanitation process. Right. You know, all, all the live guns get put away. Everybody gets patted down. You have a sanitized area. You can't just go back to your car and everything. You right. can't. You have to stay there. Um, but yeah, it's a very very similar process. A, a very safe environment. Even even though you're throwing fists at each other and stuff, you have the right gear. Yep. You're you are. It, you're 100% taken care of there. And as far as Craig goes and the way he, he, he leads it, he's an absolute genius. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy was an undercover you know, narco- narcotics agent for you know, many, many years. I mean, for the longest time, the training community only knew him as South Narc, which right. was his name on all of the gun forums, right? And you know, the, the guy has a lot of, a lot of time spent... Um, it, with people, yeah. dangerous people, right? Face to face, he's been held at gunpoint. He's been, you know, held at knife point. He's been robbed. He's sold drugs and that type mm-hmm. of thing. He's to very, very bad people, and um, so he's got a great, a great deal of experience that he can pass off onto the student. So there is a lot of really, really good benefits to this, and it's not to like teach an individual how to, you know, go off and buy drugs or whatever, right? It's to teach them, hey, this is what violence really looks like. This is where it comes from. And this is what's going through their minds. And here's how you navigate through those things. So there's a lot of, a lot of uh, managing unknown contacts and, and navigating your personal space and that type of thing that really goes into it. But Craig is an absolute genius. Anytime you ever get to train with ShivWorks, man, get in, get on that opportunity. Yeah, uh, quickly, one of, one of my favorite things about training with Craig is, um, you know, when during like the DB process, debrief process, he asks you, you know, what did you do well? Right. Right. And he lets you speak for yourself. He's not immediately jumping things down your throat. Yeah. It's just, it's uh, invaluable. Uh, you're listening to the Response to Citizen Show. Uh, we've got a break coming up. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show, where we talk about all things the Responsibly Armed Citizen should know. Uh, we are having a conversation on, on training, specifically force on force training. Uh, we talked a little bit about you know what force on force training was, what the difference between that and the experience was. We talked a little bit about um, some uh, at least two examples of trainers that are out there that are just phenomenal as far as you know how they go about doing that. Uh, Tim, I want to talk a little bit about the tools, the gear, you know, what, um, what makes this tools, what makes these gear so specialized and safe, uh, for the use of, of, um, force on force training. Um, because, you know, like, like we had said, um, and, and you can't just use just your regular stuff. Uh, well, you, you know, there's, there's too much of a, uh, a chance for you know, negligence to happen, too much of a chance for an accident to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So you really should have some specialized gear set aside, or the the trainer should provide some specialized gear that's set aside, so that you know in this safe environment, this sanitized environment, you know, safe training, uh, safe uh, practice, uh, you know, safe skill set development um, can be learned. So uh, let's dive into that a little bit. So what are some of the tools, and what are some of the gear? What does that look like for force on force training? 
Well, I think there are, there are many different levels of it. We tend to use Airsoft because um, our our evolutions are just so short. Like it, it's just a one, you know, one insert and, you know, one or two inserts, right, right into a scenario. And then that's it. It's, it's meant to like to bring all of the content that you learn that weekend in live fire together in an evolution mm-hmm. and to, um, you know, measure those, those, uh, measure those skill sets, uh, in that time, in that area. So we, when we use an airsoft, um, the, the, those can be bought off of Amazon. I mean, right. it's, it's, I mean, you can literally buy a, uh, a replica, an exact replica of a Glock, of a SIG or any of those things, and, and they fit in, you know, their respective holsters. So um, a really quick and easy way and, and, and cost-effective way of getting into some force-on-force. Now, you don't have any loud pops or loud bangs. Um, you're not using any any type of real cartridges, but they're generally powered by either spring power, they're powered by CO2, or they're powered propane, by propane green or green gas, gas yeah. right? And uh, now, these are all regulated uh, as well, to my knowledge. You might be able to speak to that a little bit more than me, but um, to my knowledge, they're all, they're all regulated and only fire uh, these little airsoft, like plastic BBs. Yep. Point one seven seven something like that. Yeah, anyway, small, small little pellets, a, right? Yeah. Biodegradable pellets most right. of the time. Right. And and they only fire what like a couple hundred feet per second. Yeah. Under three hundred feet per second, I would imagine. Yep. yep. Right. Somewhere around there. Um, so you can get away with training with those with as little as just some eye, sufficient eye protection. Right. right. Not you know, not like your reading glasses, but like sufficient Yeah, something, like something that wrap around covers of goggles, some sort. Right? Yeah, goggles, goggles right. preferably, something along those lines, uh, that's gonna stay on your face. Now, um, other people might choose to wear, you know, um, a neck a neck guard or something like that. But I mean when in, in airsoft you're especially in that type of environment, chances are you're you know, it's it's a one and done type thing. You might shoot two or three times. It's, again, it's not a big deal. Right. Um, when you start moving into some of the other gear, uh, we'll, we'll 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 use ours as the base level, and then we'll say Phil's uh, Phil Groff from Vigor Training is his is the more of a step up from that, um, and then we'll move into what ShivWorks does. Uh, Phil's and, and like many many other trainers, he uses uh, UTM. Yep. Uh, and the UTM, as I was saying before, has a specialized cartridge that has a plastic shell uh, around where you would see the actual projectile or bullet, and encased in that is like blue or pink paint. Right. And so it's 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 this little marking marking round. The gun itself is powered by this cartridge, much like your real handgun would be, except the. Uh, the blast is what is it just essentially a, a, a magnum pistol primer right. or something like that so once again the projectile the paint plastic paint projectile that's going to break apart when it hits you um is only traveling at a certain rate of yeah, less speed. than 300 feet per second so it is regulated by uh, you know utm or simunitions or any of those other places so again a regulated product and, right? and 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 what's interesting about utm one of the reasons why i like it so much is you know the the utm cartridges can only be fired out of their platform right they're specialized yep. utm training firearms and you cannot fit 
a regular cartridge, you know, right. uh, inside of those UTM training pistols or training rifles. Right. Um, very specialized, um, expensive, works very well. Yeah. Very well. Um, it's it's one of the closer things that you can get to you know force on force training at least uh, on on the civilian side. Sure. Uh, they're notoriously called the angry bees. Yeah. Right. Um, because they do sting. They do sting. Yeah. And, and, and they can break skin. Yeah. They're going to yeah. break skin a lot of times, especially one of the more common places where hands. folks get hit, yeah. especially uh, in, in that type of environment is in the, the hands and, and forearms and that in that area. So if you're not wearing gloves, it's going it, 100%, it's going to break skin. Yep. You know, going to cause you a little bruise and a little welt, but you know what? It, it's enough to kind of wake you up and help you realize, man, what if that would have been an actual bullet? Right. Like, man, that that kind of really puts things into perspective, gets you thinking. It really bit. highlights, you know, the benefit of force of force because you go, ow, that hurt. I don't want that to hurt ever again. Let me change my behavior so that death doesn't hurt again. Right. So it's, there you it go. helps reinforce that. So with those, you can't just get away with wearing safety goggles. Right. You know, you, you really do need full face protection. You need some type of neck guard. Uh, you really do need some type of neck guard because getting hit in the neck with those things, bare skin, really, really, really hurts. Yeah, not fun. So you want to, you know, at the very least, wrap a towel around you. Uh, groin protector is essential. Uh, yep. you, you really do need something like that. Male and female, it does not matter. You need you need groin protection. Um, so groin protection, neck protection, and full face and preferably head um, is really the essential gear needed when you're using that type of product. Um and, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much it for just, if you're just using UTMs and that's the only force that you're applying in that environment. Right. Now, when you get into something even more special, like what Craig does uh, at ShivWorks, now you're starting to run into a completely different dynamic. Right. There, it's not just guns that are being inserted. You have dummy knives, yep. right, or uh, training knives, really, is what's br- being brought into it. Um, so training knives... And then you have uh, inert pepper spray. Yep. You have all types of different tools that are being brought into this. And students are allowed to physically contact, make contact with each other. Right. So if I'm wearing my old paintball mask in that class and I get rocked by somebody, you know, throwing a, a hard right hook, yep. I mean, it's it's going to really mess me up. Right. So like, you can't wear that type of gear. Right. So Craig has... Um, has some different padded helmets, yep. right? Where you can see the, you can still see and read the facial expression of the other person, right? So it's still really rather intimate, yep. right? Uh, but if I hit you hard, like you're gonna pr- feel it, yeah, yeah, you're, you're gonna feel it. You might, at the very, very least, you, or at the very most, I should say, sorry, at the very most, it might end up with a bloody nose or something right. like that. But for the most part. I mean, it's it's enough to, to wake you up and say, "Oh man, if that were a, a solid right hook, right. I might have I, I might have ended up on the ground." Yeah, you know. So it, it's it's a different level of protective gear. You know, you still have to have the groin protection, um, and you have to wear gloves, right? Yep. So you're wearing you're wearing like MMA gloves. They're yep. they're they're fairly padded, uh, fingerless gloves, but. Again, it's a, it's a different level of protection yep. uh, for its appropriate um, uh, 
force on force yeah. element. Yeah, and, and something else that's interesting again with the, the specialized gear, right? You have um, or not? It's not all specialized, right? Like the MMA pads and you know the fighting pads, things like that. That's you know fairly you know regular off the shelf. But uh, when you start getting into like the training knives, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are special training blades that are set up without an edge, right? Completely edgeless, but they look very similar. They operate similar to like how you would carry an actual blade um, in many right. instances. They're not all just plastic, you know, uh, plastic blades. Um, and, and nothing will make you feel um, as, uh, I want to say, um, unprepared as going and taking a Craig Douglas, you know, show of works class because you go, yeah, okay, I, I think I got this, you know, skilled. And then, you you know, you're pitted up against somebody who has way more skills than you do and you get wrapped up in a little pretzel. It's not fun. <laughs> or uh, get, get beat around quite a bit. Uh, make sure you reassess life goals. But uh, so so we have just a little bit of time left. This is something that I did want to bring, uh, did something I did want to talk a little bit about. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about UTM, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so one of, I received a letter from the uh, from UTM and uh, I want to read this, just a section of this real quick. Um, so dear valued UTM to customer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in summary, uh, orders and developers for military and law enforcement customers are not affected by this change. All non-military and law enforcement customers will not be able to purchase UTM products uh, directly from distributors effective immediately. The ATF has a new ruling which uh, does not allow the import of uh, UTM products for civilian or non-law non enforcement, non-military use. So. We're, we just spent, you know, I want to say, what was it, five, ten minutes talking about, you know, the benefits of using UTM specifically, right, and the classes that they have just been just phenomenal in. And now, as of this past week, um, you are no longer allowed to, as a civilian, to you know, purchase UTM products. You are no longer allowed to purchase that. What's your reaction to that, Tim? Like, what, where, where, where do you stand on that? I have... I am like up to my ears in anger with yeah. the decisions the ATF has been making regarding firearms for the last year, year and a half. Like it has just been absolutely ridiculous. And unfortunately, the people that are put in place to make these decisions and make these laws have no level of real education in the subject matter, yeah. and that, that that does it makes me it makes me rather frustrated to to um, uh, have to deal with this, because unfortunately, there's a lot of very very experienced instructors out there that could use that product to p possibly save someone's life. Absolutely, you know, and and that's being taken away from them. Because they don't, they don't have a badge, right? Right, like that's that's wrong. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely wrong. Um, I, I don't find it to be any. Uh, I just, I just don't find any use in this in this new new order. See, and that that's a piece that frustrates me. It's it's not law. Right? right, it is a ruling. Right, yeah. so a three-letter agency has given us a ruling. The ATF has given us a ruling saying, "Hey, you know what? We arbitrarily don't like this product anymore, and uh, because we arbitrarily don't like this product anymore, you can't have it anymore either." Yeah, and that is just not that—that's not cool. No. I mean, there's just so many problems with that. Like, you know, if if it if it came down as law, right? If the the masses of people decided they didn't want this particular product, uh, okay, maybe. Right. Right, that's, 
you know, if, if, if all these people are saying that this is a dangerous product, okay, maybe. Uh, but, but you're going to just give an arbitrary rule and kick me, you know, stop me from using this product. You're listening to Rack Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Rack Show. My name is Tim Kelly. This is the Responsibly Armed Citizen Show. We talk about everything regarding the Responsibly Armed Citizen. Frank and I have been discussing various things regarding force on force, that scenario-based training type thing um, that, that you see a lot in the training community of. We've talked about all kinds of different stuff uh, regarding force on force. And uh, one of the things we've been talking about is different instructors who offer different force on force training options. Before we go any further, I want to make sure I do point out uh, I haven't had a chance to actually take a class from him, but I do know Craig um, pulls from his instructors um, for as role players. Uh, so he's he's got a really good thing going. His name is Carl Wren. He owns uh, Carl Wren Training down in uh, in Texas. Anybody ever gets a chance to um, to read his book? Uh, the name of the book, the title of the book, is actually just ran past me. Um, but if you're a firearms training uh, company or, or a firearms instructor yourself, um, just Google Carl Wren uh, and check out his book. It's an excellent read. Um, really, really good stuff. Anyhow, so uh, we've been talking about Craig Douglas and, and Shiv Works and his ECQC course. And I sent Frank a video on our last break of me getting pummeled inside of a car and it is absolute so, <laughs> gold it is so good so we thought we'd share that with you if you're if you're actually able to watch with us uh fantastic if not i'll tr- do my best to try to explain what's happening right. in the video digital media youtube people yeah the, you know if, if digital fam if you guys can you know take a look at it and watch tim just get whomped that's please join <laughs> us but uh, i think tim's going to try and narrate a little bit what's actually happening here for the radio fam all right, so a little bit of a backstory on this. Um, if we're, what, what you're seeing here is me inside of a vehicle, and I'm inside of a vehicle with another student. We've got all of our gear on, uh, and it's actually the final exercise for the weekend. And um, the, this, the other guy's in the, in the car. His name is Tim as well. And so what he is doing is he's he's supposed to be robbing me at gunpoint, at which time I am supposed to defend myself mm-hmm. right i have to get out of it i'm he, he robbed me of the opportunity of just straight compliance do whatever i have to to survive type right. thing without violent encounter he robbed me of that you have to make a decision and you have to you have to fight your way out of it now this is full bore full fists like hold no punches type thing so at this point in the video what we're going to pick up is is Tim actually taking up all of the space in the vehicle and he is shoving the gun in my face and I am disarming him. So let's see what happens. Nice, so I'm disarming him. That's Craig talking in the background, complimenting me on the disarm. And he's, I'm trying to spin around. And now, now Tim is a blue belt. I, I, I'm in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, he's, he's also got about 75, 80 pounds on me. So all I'm doing is trying to gain some real estate so I can turn around 
and actually get my gun oriented in his direction. There's the first shot in the arm, and then I'm, I'm kind of hanging out the window, and I just start shooting into his leg. Tim asked me later on, he said, when were you going to stop shooting? I said, when I could see daylight on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so, when, the, when, the, when the threat is no longer there. <laughs> right, right. So when he pushed me up against that, that we call the B-pillar, right, he's got me smushed up against the wall. There's like very little room. I couldn't move, man. And all I'm trying to do is, is turn around. But he's got his shoulder driven into me. He's pushing up against my ribs. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff happening there. Yep. If it were not for that helmet, that, that good solid piece of gear that he puts on top of your head, keeps yep. your, keeps your, your, um, your melon protected. Um, I would have been in a lot of pain because he had my head smushed up, smushed up against the side of the car. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyhow, um, I was able to take his gun away from him, but I wasn't able to access my own. Now, my only option was to use his, his firearm. So what I ended up doing was clearing the gun out because I didn't know really what condition it was in mm. and trying to use it to defend myself. So the only way I could turn around was by practically crawling outside of the car. Yeah. So all I was trying to do is use that window space to turn around. Uh, the UTMs are, are great for this, though, because you've seen how close that was. Yeah. Right? Like, we were – I was point-blank range, and there are other other students in the class that literally had the gun pressed up against them. Yep. And when the other – the opponent was pressing the trigger. And, you know, yeah, does it leave some bruises and welts? Yeah. But are you alive? Right. You know, you're, you're, you're alive from it. Like, it's not – it's not going to kill you. Um but it certainly leaves you with an everlasting reminder of what could have been. And, you know, I, I leave that scenario, you know, um, I leave that scenario feeling better about the decisions that I made and knowing that um, if I were to make a mistake in that, in that area, in that, during that class, if I were to make a mistake, I can always make up for it. Right. Right. I can learn from that mistake. Whereas if my first encounter, a violent encounter happened to be like that and it was real and I had never experienced anything like that before. And all I had to rely on were my ego. Yeah. I, I cannot tell you enough just how useful force on force is. I mean, think about that. You know, so you know, how many classes have we taught or how many classes have we been in where you know, that, that ego is like the primary driving factor of right. why somebody is, is there? Um, you know, we, we talk about concealed carry a lot, right? right. That, that you know, state-mandated class, we see a lot of egos in that class. Um, fortunately, not, you know, not in, not in our classes, we have great students, but, you know, every now and then you, you get, a, uh, usually a gentleman that will come in or a, a, a male that will come in and, uh, it, it, oh, you know, if I ever have to, you know, use my firearm, I'm going to you know, shoot him dead or whatever it is, right? This. Yeah. It's, it's all like ego and there's no background, there's no training, there's no skill set that, um, that, that, you know, would prove otherwise. And, uh, and that's exactly it. You know, it's, it's, you'd be, um, you know, we talk to people constantly, like, you know, what do you think, you know, what are you going to do? Well, how do you know? 
know, how right. do you know what you're going to do if you haven't been put into a training scenario? How do you know what you're going to do if you haven't been at least had the the forethought to think about a particular event? Right. And kind of, you know, get a get a rough idea of, um, you know, what's there. How do you know what skill sets you actually have concreted in, cemented, and what is going to be, you know, useful to you if you're not put in a position where you can practice those skill sets? Right. Right? So it's easy to pull up a video. It's easy to talk to somebody. It's easy to even sit in on a class um, or a lecture. But once it comes time to putting into application um, that exact skill set, how do you know that it's going to be there and you're going to be able to successfully use it? Right. That's where, you know, training like this, you know, the force on force, that's where, um, you know, getting with an a, a instructor who is an authority in whatever that, you know, they're teaching um, is just so uh, necessary. Yeah. Right. Essential. Um, essential. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much there that you can learn from those environments and be putting inside situations like that. Again, the stress inoculation. Right. The the having another physical body that's that that's coming at you with with you know again that's a training environment, but um, it, it's it's not going to be identically the same. But still, you you get a a taste of. Um, uh, of what's happening, you get a taste of somebody shooting back at you. You get a taste of somebody, you know, f- doing you harm. Right. Um, you know how many people, like yeah, kids growing up, right? Uh, my my daughter this past week ended up getting kicked out of school because she punched another kid in the head. Um, but I can't say that there are many other kids that you know have gotten into fights, right? right? That have gotten actually punched. When's the last time you've been punched in the face? Been you know, it, I try to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, like I said, everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. I mean, yeah. there's always something that um, it's 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 gonna snap you out of your world, what it, your normal you know living. And if you don't have the skill sets to support whatever action you decide to do, you're behind the eight ball. Yeah. Um. So there's one of two things you can do. You can either, you know, accept whatever is happening to you, or you can go reach out and get the skill sets, like learn more skill sets to help deter that future potential altercation. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I know I've said it before. I'm not saying live paranoid. I'm right. not saying walk around and look, you know, you know, and and think about, oh, there's nothing but you know, bad in this world. There's plenty of good. Right. Plenty of good. Listen to any other show that's on the station. There's plenty of good things that are out there, but. Um, uh, but there is evil, right? There is just malice in this world. There are people who want to do you harm, and this is just one tool in the toolbox. There's one simple thing that we can do to help mitigate some of that. Right. Um, it's the one thing that makes me just so fired up over this ATF stuff and the I ATM. Know, man. man, I just get I'm, I am burnt on that. It drives me nuts. But anyway, hey, man, if we're not careful, we're gonna forget the cops of the month. Right. So let's uh, let's hit on that. I'm going to do something a little bit different with it since we don't have a whole lot of time. But let me explain to you first what the competency of the month is. The first, the competency of the month was as originally designed for our, our cadre uh, of instructors and apprentices um, over the years. It is designed to challenge them and their knowledge base. So what we do is we pick out a competency um, to try and encourage them to go and do their research, go and, you know, um, write an article on the topic, you know, learn more and share more with your with your fellow cadre members. And so we've been doing that throughout the year. Um, we, when we started the Rack Show, I figured, well, why not share that with our audience? This could be an awesome, awesome opportunity for them to learn about the competency that we are learning about and give them an opportunity to go and research the, the, mm-hmm. uh, that type of thing. So we have a minute left. 
we're going to talk about the practical use of of uh, Revolver. revolvers for the purpose of self-defense, yep. right? So what I want to do a little bit differently here is we, we can still talk about it briefly, but I would encourage our viewers to do a touch of research on revolvers for the purpose of, of self-defense. Shoot us an email and send us your thoughts yep. on on a practical use for a carrying a revolver for the purpose of self-defense. Yep, you can send that email to rack, R-A-C, at ApacheNC.com. So that's R-A-C at ApacheNC.com. Um, man, shoot us a video of what you think yeah. also. That's even better. Um, you know, you can, uh, I know the YouTube overlords don't typically like it, but uh, so shoot us an idea, shoot us a comment, tell us what you think. How does a revolver um, play in, you know, modern self-defense? Uh, how, does, how does that work out? Awesome, Awesome. Man. Thanks well, for the show. Guys, thank you for the show, and uh, thank you for watching The Rack Show. And uh, we'll be back next week with another thrilling episode. See you then.